Amen. May I never boast of anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world, for neither circumcision nor uncircumcision is anything, but a new creation is everything. A new creation is everything. This is how Paul ends his letter to the church in Galatia. A new creation is everything. It's a summary of his message in the book of Galatians here. And we, you and I, we are called to be a new creation. The old has passed away. The new has taken hold. So the question for us this morning is, are we a new creation? It's a good question. Are we a new creation? Have we been transformed by Jesus And is Jesus transforming our lives currently? This is what we need to ask ourselves. Are we living differently than the world? Now, we're going to leave that question hanging for a moment and go back and review the main themes of Galatians, where we've been, what we've been talking about over the past couple of weeks. So first, when Paul is writing this letter, Uh, The Apostle Paul, he's writing uh, to a church in conflict. Uh, In fact, many believe that this is Paul's first letter that he wrote. And he wrote it most likely in the 40s. That's nothing before it, just 40. The 40s. Some 15 years after Jesus, his death and, and, and resurrection. Which is pretty amazing. It's pretty cool to think about that. This is an early letter. But here's the other amazing thing. Even 2,000 years ago, the church had conflict. Isn't that funny? It's, but, but they weren't arguing over petty things like what color the carpet should be or should there be drums in worship. No, this wasn't the conflict they were dealing with at all. But what was it that had Paul so upset? Do you remember? We talked about it a couple weeks ago. There are a group of people that were coming in trying to say that these new Christians had to be circumcised. And Paul knew that this conflict was getting at the heart of what the gospel, what the good news really was about. And and Paul would have nothing to do with it. You see, Paul was proclaiming the message, our salvation is in Jesus Christ alone. Period. Full stop. Nothing else. Our salvation is in Jesus Christ alone. He would put it this way as he starts this letter in chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. He says this, I'm astonished that you're so quickly deserting the one who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another gospel, but there are some who are confusing you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. They were turning to a different gospel, a perverted gospel which added to the grace of Jesus. And Paul said no. And Paul would put it like this uh, in Ephesians chapter 2. You might have heard this verse before. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. Not the result of works so that no one may boast. We can't boast about this salvation. But here was the heart of the issue. And it was this question. What is salvation? What does it mean to be saved? 
For Paul, it is one thing. We know that a person is made right with God by faith in Jesus Christ, not by obeying the law. This is what Paul was trying to get at. We are saved by Jesus Christ through our faith. Have I said it enough for you? Is it beginning to sink in? Hope, yes. Nod your head, yes. No. Maybe, yes. This is the whole crux of this message in Galatians. Our salvation is in Christ alone. And it implies also that salvation is found nowhere else. Salvation is found nowhere else except in Jesus. Now, it said that, but, but we've been focusing on the other part of it. But see, here's the thing. We aren't saved by our works. We're not saved by being a good person. Did you hear that? We're not saved by being a good person. That doesn't save us. <coughs> We're not saved by the law. We're not saved in Muhammad. We are not saved in Buddha. We are not saved in anything else except Jesus Christ. That is Paul's message. And that's the first point. But the second part of what Paul is trying to get to us is that this message of salvation makes us a new creation led by the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God. Now this is an absolutely dangerous and radical message. We are saved in Jesus Christ, and then we are saved. Uh, we are to live by the Spirit. I would put it this way. We've been set free in Christ, free to live by the Spirit of God. This is, this is Paul's, I think, kind of the, the summary message uh, of Galatians. We've been set free in Jesus, free to live by the Spirit of God. This is the message of Galatians, and this is a dangerous message because we like to put stipulations on it. We like to add to it. We like to say certain things have to happen. But, but Paul is saying, no, no, no. Jesus saves us, and you have to be led by the Spirit. Paul put it like this. So Christ has truly set us free. But we who live by the Spirit eagerly wait to receive by faith the righteousness God has promised to us. For when we place our faith in Christ Jesus, there is no benefit in being circumcised or being uncircumcised. What is important is faith expressing itself in love. We have been set free. We have been created a new person in Christ. We are a new creation. We are transformed in Christ. But here's where we get in trouble. Here's where it gets a, a little sticky. Because we often look at freedom incorrectly. We look at freedom through wrong eyes. We think that freedom means we can do anything we want to. We are free. Go wild. Do whatever we want. We're free. I don't have to obey the law. I have been set free in Christ. Yes, but in that regard. Because freedom is more than that. See, Paul would say it here in Galatians in chapter 5, 13 and 14. He would tell it this way. He says, For you were called to freedom... Brothers and sisters, that's you and I. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for self-indulgence. But through love, become slaves to one another. For the whole law is summed up in a single commandment. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. 
This is such a fascinating verse to me. In your freedom, in your love, become slaves to one another. <coughs> See, it's fascinating because Paul has been hammering the church throughout Galatians from the beginning up until now. He's been hammering the church. He said, you should live in freedom. You are not slaves to the law anymore. And so Paul has been talking about how slavery is a bad thing. And now he switches the metaphor and slavery becomes a good thing. He says, you are to be slaves to one another. I had a, a mentor who said it this way. Choose your slavery wisely. Choose your slavery wisely. See, our freedom in Christ, our being a new creation, transforms the way we live. Our freedom transforms us to serve one another in love. So basically this is the message. It says this, you know, do not be slaves to the law, to anything except for the grace of Jesus Christ that saves you. And in that freedom, enslave yourself to one another to serve them, to love them. It's a pretty heavy metaphor. Enslave yourself to one another. Here, here Paul is talking to the church specifically, you and I. We are called to serve one another as a slave serves a master. That's the image that Paul is giving us. That's a pretty radical image, isn't it? Become slaves to one another in love. What a powerful image. We are called to be led by the Spirit in our freedom to be enslaved to one another. And how do we know if we're being led by the Spirit? That's another good question. And again, Paul gives us what he calls the evidence of Spirit-led lives. We call this the fruit of the Spirit. Any of you who have grown up in the church, you've heard these terms before. And, and, and here... Uh, Paul gives us these in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. He says this, By contrast, he'd been talking about the bad things that people do. He said, By contrast, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against such things. This is how we know we're being led by the Spirit. Are these things present in your life? Let's say them together. You ready? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's no law against these things. Now, here's the other thing, though. I don't think Paul was giving us an exhaustive list, meaning it's just these nine and no more. See, because what Paul was doing is he was, an addre he was addressing a church conflict. He was addressing issues that were going on in this church. And these fruit of the Spirit addressed those issues of conflict that they were having. The Spirit also leads us in other things like holiness and righteousness and others. So if it was a different conflict, Paul would have probably added some other things to it. But, but you understand what I'm saying. This is evidence of a Spirit-led life. The Holy Spirit guides us to the truths of God. These are the evidence of transformed lives in Jesus. These are evidence of being a people led by the Holy Spirit. 
If someone says, oh, my freedom means I can do anything I want to, they're not being led by the Spirit. They're being led by their own self-indulgence, what they want. The freedom that we have in Christ is that we have been saved in order to love one another and love God. These are evidence of a new creation. So back to the question I asked at the beginning. Are we a new creation? Have you been transformed by Jesus Christ? Are you being transformed by Jesus? Are you being led by the Spirit? Well, this is something I want us to actually think about, to meditate on. Are we being led by the Spirit? You know, we've been praying as a church with our marbles, right? How many marbles have you moved this week? We've been praying about revival and renewal and that that the church would transform lives. We've been praying for revival in the Methodist church and and our church specifically. And I, I truly believe that revival will happen when we, the church, fully grasp the importance of salvation in Jesus Christ alone. Nothing more, nothing less. Here in a moment, our United Methodist women are going to be talking about their ministry and their their mission. And and their theme is, we have a story to tell to the nations. That's what we have. We have a story, not only to tell to the nations, but show the nations, to show each other. This is our story here in Galatians. Galatians. A story of transformative love. A story, a theme of freedom. The world needs that message. Are we going to be transformed by it? For the world to be transformed, we have to be transformed first. We have to be people that live the fruit of the Spirit first. Are we going to be led by the Spirit in all areas of our lives? In all areas. All. What does all mean? All. There you go. You're getting it. So I want us to spend some time meditating on these fruit of the Spirit. So I'm going to invite Jason to come back up and whoever else is leading us in in song. And we're going to take some time to meditate and, and kind of pray over these fruit of the Spirit. And I want you to think about your life. Are you a new creation? Is there evidence in your life that you are actually being led by the Spirit? Because if there is not evidence, then what are you being led by? What is leading you in your day-to-day? What is motivating? What what is that that is changing your life? So we're going to go through these nine, and I I want us to pray. As we we pray, as we go through these, you can can come to the altar if you'd like and pray or sit in your chair. You can close your eyes. You can keep them open. The words will be on the screen of the different words, the different fruit of the Spirit, but But let's uh, go to God in prayer. Lord, as we uh, gather this morning, we know that we know that salvation is in Jesus Christ alone. And that we, your people, should be led by the Spirit. But so often, God, we are not led by your Spirit. So often, we have not been transformed. And So God, I pray even now for our hearts to be softened, to hear from you. For our hearts to be softened so that that we could see those areas where we are not a new creation. Where we can see those areas that are still dark. 
where we can see where we have hardened hearts, where we can see where we are not truly living for Christ. And so we reflect on these nine fruit of the Spirit. Love. God, are we a people that know how to love? We don't even know what the word means half the time. But I do know that in, in, in the Bible, when, when God speaks of love, it, God does not speak about emotion, but speaks about a choice. To love is to choose. To love is action. Are we taking action to love? Are we loving our family? Are we loving our coworkers? Do we harbor any bitterness in our hearts, any unforgiveness? You have called us to love, even them. Transform our hearts now to, to incorporate love of others, not just those that are like us, that dress like us, but, but love of those who are different, love of those who have hurt us. Help us to forgive. Joy. Are we a people that live with joy? That we rejoice in the Lord always? Or are we a people that when we come around others, we're always talking negative about others? Or we're always putting others down or we're, we're thinking the worst of things, but no, you have called us to joy. Do we wake up in the morning rejoicing that we have another day? Or do we wake up saying, oh, another day? Lord, transform our hearts that we can live in joy, the joy of your salvation. Peace. You have called us to be a people of peace. Are our hearts anxious this morning? Oh God, take that away. When we enter a room, do we bring peace with us? Or do people flee? God, I pray that you would help us to be a people of peace. Patience. Are we a people that are patient with our children? With our spouse? With co-workers? With family? With people we come in contact with on the streets? Lord, help us to be a patient people. Kindness. Lord, you have called us to be kind to one another. A kindness that sees the best in others. A kindness that understands that sometimes people are doing the best that they can. Help us to be kind and offer grace in our actions and our activities. Generosity. <laughs> Do we hold on so tightly to the things that you have blessed us with? that we forget that the only reason we have them is because that you have allowed us to have them. May we be a people with open hands, generous to those we know and those we don't know. Generous of spirit. Father, give us that generous spirit. Faithfulness. Are we faithful? Even in the hard times? Even when it doesn't look good? Help us to be a faithful people gentleness 
Lord, sometimes people are wrong. Sometimes people around us have made mistakes. And how we correct and keep accountable can make a big difference. God, are we gentle in our rebuking? Help us to be so. And finally, self-control. You have given us freedom in order to be slaves to others, and that's in putting others first in love. Help us to be self-controlled in all that we do, that our lives may be pleasing to you, O God. Thank you, O God, for these gifts of your Spirit. And Lord, here in a moment as we sing, I, I just pray that you would continue to speak to our hearts. Continue to speak to us this week and in the weeks to come that where these are not present in our life, that you would make us painfully aware of that. But we also ask that you would do it gently. Help us to know and to see and to trust in you, we pray in your holy name. Amen.